Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey. Oh, boy. And we're back, and we're back, and we're back, and we're back. Is that a song? Yeah, it's a chance (laughs) forever. Do I do that like every time? A couple times, but now (laughs) I'm like an old man. What's that from? Uh Uh-huh. Um, Chance the Rapper, please say the rapper. Uh, okay, so we are back to doing movies that are in theaters that other people are seeing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to say that. Uh-huh. So today, <laughs> we are talking about the movie, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Nobody is going to pay for the writer Lee Israel right now. I'm months behind in my rent, and my cat is sick. It's four in the afternoon, and you're drunk. I'm hardly drunk. Craig, no problem. k you want to give us a rundown on the plot? Oh, do I. Okay. It is Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. uh, in a drama. Yes. So she's uh, changing up her chops. Mm-hmm. And it's about Lee Israel, who is based on a real story. Uh, Lee Israel was a writer. Um, and she was down on her luck, not having a lot of uh, luck making money. So she starts uh, realizing that she forges l- literary letters, letters from famous literary heroes. She can make a few bucks and it gets out of hand, my friend. Yes. The uh, low level, low stakes crime yeah. of old author forgery. Which is very appealing to me because I've always thought if I were to be a criminal... Yes. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying if I were to be in theory, low-level crime. Oh, yes. You know, work-a-day crime. Yeah. Just earning a few bucks. That's my niche. That's one of the things I liked about this movie is that it was like a criminal movie. Yeah. But the stakes were so low. Yeah. That it's uh, a few it hundred dollars. Charming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this film is very charming. Yeah. What did you think? Do you like I it? I liked it a lot, and I was su- I'm not su- very surprised. I think Melissa McCarthy is hilarious. Yes. Like genuinely very funny person. And I absolutely love it when comedians uh, do drama. I think I... Because they have the skills that going in that direction from comedy to drama are very translatable and often work in a really great way. The other direction is not as frequently successful. Yes. And uh, the small times in this movie where Melissa McCarthy is funny, she's really funny. Yeah. But in a very different way than she normally is too. Absolutely. And it really showed her range as an actress and I, she really shown. My favorite part of this movie was the tone. You know, it takes place New York, early '90s, and the soundtrack is this kind of like downbeat jazz. Yeah. So it's like jazzy New York in the winter time. Yeah. Just that setting alone was perfect for this drama. That's it's not. It's not really melodramatic. It's not super funny. It's it's like gray in the middle. Yeah, and it, that really that's that's what I really in a liked good way. It. In a good way, right? Gray in the middle tends to not be a good re- review, but in this case, it was <laughs> subtle and so good. Yeah, and like you said, there is a lot of humor in it. It's a drama with a lot of humor in it, but not over the top humor. Very like clever or just situational. That performances are really fantastic super solid and it is strangely charming yeah considering it's a 
like criminal drama and it's about this real life and down on luck, but still you feel you feel a lot for these characters. Yeah, and Melissa McCarthy has a, a buddy in it, Richard E. Grant, played by Richard E. Grant. Yeah. And they have a great relationship, and so she starts forging these documents, and then you kind of like know this house of cards is going to fall at some right. point, and then uh, it becomes drama when it does, and it, it kind of it 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 ends really nicely, and it was all a true story. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Great. Yeah, I, I think it's a great film. It's got it's getting some buzz right now. Yeah, which you think is it's nice. going to be up for an Oscar too? I hope so. I mean, I I think she definitely deserves a recognition for that. I think so too. Because yeah, it's a really nice uh, transition to drama for her. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at AssociatedBank.com/mkefilm. Member FDIC. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Okay, we are back. Hi. Hello. I've missed you so much. So we are talking about the movie Can You Ever Forgive Me? Starring Melissa McCarthy and uh, kind of the other big character in it is Richard E. Grant. Uh, yeah. Tall, slender Englishman. Oh, my He's favorite great. kind. My favorite kind. And uh, um, I love this movie because of the tone I was saying before. The it's in the, it makes the early '90s look oddly romantic. Yeah, and we were talking about the tone, and there's also a color because it's so many, so much of it takes place in libraries and bookshops. Uh huh. And she dresses kind of dowdy. It's a very brown, mm-hmm. very gray and brown movie, which uh, normally puts me off but yet it's still i don't want to say cheerful because it is really like a tragic like a sad story essentially but uh they keep it very charming amidst all this like gray and brown tones and like frustration yeah it's a very interesting combination i loved i really liked the plot of her struggling as a writer struggling to find her voice and then uh, you know, she starts forging letters and selling them. Mm-hmm. And she's always kind of been a cranky person. And she yeah. kind of like, she has this friendship with Richard E. Grant, which is just great. Yeah. You know, they're two oddballs that kind of don't fit in. And uh, they they find each other and strike this unlikely friendship. And then they have like these little gags that they play yeah. that are really funny. And they're funny together, even though they're really down people. And... Uh, uh, there, there is this scene, you know, once she's kind of in the thick of it and she talks about this being her, like this, the best time of her life. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where she is like participating in this low stakes crime and it's like very stressful and she's doing this, she's being deceitful. Um, but also, uh, she really enjoys it. Yeah, because she's writing. And the, the, that's one of the themes is um, uh, she's writing all these biographies of other people and kind of, they say, disappearing within that 
subject, mm-hmm. but hasn't really expressed herself. But through these letters, like she's pretending to be Dorothy Parker, and at one point she says, "I am a better Dorothy Parker than Dorothy Parker." Yeah, and it's you know for these little quips, it's true. She's adding a little bit to these letters to make them more interesting and more profitable. And then through that, she gets to express herself, which is why she's saying, "This is the best time of my life. I finally actually get to write from my own voice," which surprisingly is using other people's voices. Yeah. So that was great. Um, Melissa McCarthy. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I I mean, I loved, she is so many times and it's like, she is so good at being funny. Yeah. That it's hard not to cast her as somebody that's right. And you get her in something like this where it's much more subtle. She's like, her performance is always really big, really over the top. Mm -hmm. And she's not, she's very small in this. She's very subtle. Her jokes are like played out with just a look in her eye that it's like, I I can imagine being her and going, all right, I got to pull it all back. Everything I do, I need to pull it, make it really, really small, which has got to be a huge challenge. Um, I think there's definitely going to be at least discussion about her for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to come up. And what about the director? Oh, you mean Marielle Heller? <laughs> I discovered <laughs> a delightful fact, and Justin is giggling because he knows I can't wait to say it. Uh-huh. But first, I will say this. Okay. Uh, Marielle Heller did a movie I really liked called Diary of a Teenage Girl a few years ago. Oh, that's great. Which is a really good film. She did that, and she's also working on the fictional biopic of, uh, or the biopic, I shouldn't say fictional, of uh, Mr. Rogers with Tom Hanks coming out. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so she's she's doing that. She's really impressive, uh, but she's also an actor, I found out, uh, yep. and had a part uh-huh. in a little film mm-hmm. called MacGruber. Uh. <laughs> I'm never, I'm going to try to mention MacGruber as often as possible. We're, like, we're sitting here trying to prepare for yep. this, and... Uh, Kay probably just starts grumbling something about MacGruber, and I'm like, are you looking up MacGruber right no, now? I looked at Mariel Heller. It's totally a legitimate connection. She plays a character named Clocky, which mm-hmm. I am unfamiliar with, and now need to rewatch MacGruber for well, the guess. umpteenth time. <laughs> I, I guess. It's connected to award-winning filmmaker. Uh-huh. She did a great job in this. Yeah, I assume she did a great job in MacGruber as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we want to talk a bit about uh, Melissa McCarthy going from, uh, this is the most serious role I have ever seen her in. Yeah. And uh, comedians that that turn, comedians that- Love it. Kind of, I love it too. Because they always, like, uh, this is a very simple phrase, but comedy is hard. That's yeah. a phrase they use. Comedy is difficult. You have to have a natural uh, ability to make people laugh and to be funny. I think the the other way around, being dramatic, that's, I, I don't want to say it's easier, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all have those things in our life that are hard, you can draw on. Mm-hmm. Making, going the other way and trying to find, trying to tap into somebody else and say, and make them laugh, I think is more challenging. So you get these talented people who have an innate sense of that, but they also, I mean, in comedy is tragedy too so they have an innate sense of both Mm -hmm. so I think that's why making that transition to drama is easier or more interesting when a comedian does it rather than a dramatic actor trying to do comedy occasionally lands uh, not always who are some of the people that you think have have done that the best? I mean, Robin Williams famously, I think, did that really well. He did. He did some really impressive stuff. Um, Favorite serious Robin Williams movie. Um, it's a really cliche one. 
Jumanji? No, that's not true. What were you going to say? Jumanji? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jumanji really looked at the human experience <laughs> through- Jumanji, legit great. Through animated board games. Uh-huh. Um, I love the Fisher King. The Fisher King is great. Fisher King, because he is funny in it, but- there's some real not intense... Dead Poet Society. Come on, <laughs> yeah, of course, Dead Poet Society. I used to watch Dead Poet Society over and over, and then just stop before the kid kills himself because it's all inspirations, pure inspiration. <laughs> and then it goes takes a hard turn, and I'm like, you know what? I need that's, the first part of this. That's film. what I used to do in. Uh, um, no, I'm forgetting the name with uh, Julie Andrews. Uh, the hill sound of music. The sound of music. Oh, you stop before the Nazis. Yeah, sure. I remember like getting to the Nazi point and being like, "What? Yeah, there's like this second part of this movie that I just never. saw. I think my parents yeah. turned it off. Oh, it's a musical. Yeah. Wait, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, movies take a hard turn. I think Kristen Wiig uh, did in Skeleton Twins mm. and uh, Bill Hader both. I really liked that. That was there was a lot of f- humor in that. A lot of people. I think people are kind of torn on that movie. Whether it's good I didn't or not. See that movie. I really like them in it. I mean, they have these serious moments. I don't think it was like out of the park or anything, but I, it was still like you can see their chops, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really good. But yeah, there's a lot of comedians who turn in that direction, and I really I always find it interesting. Jim Carrey did it. I know, I'm really torn on him. I know we talked about him before. Uh, I love Jim I Carrey, know. and I love him in his serious roles. Have you? I do too. I mean. I, for the most part. I mean, everybody has some junk that they put out, but he's done some really cool stuff. And he's doing Kidding right now. Yeah. Which Have is you seen that? Just okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I watched like the first five episodes, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is good and dark, and I love uh, that he is together with the director of Eternal Sunshine again. And there's like a lot of puppets, which is really Oh, fun. that's nice. It is very dark. Yeah. Very, very dark. Um, And I watched the first six episodes, and then I, I like haven't been jumping back to watch it again. Yeah. But. I'm sorry, I started chuckling because I'm remembering a movie Jim Carrey was in called A Number 23 or just 23? Oh, yeah, 23. Which is a ridiculous movie <laughs> in which I believe he is shirtless playing a saxophone at one point. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like we need to watch that again because <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, uh, yeah. So sometimes it doesn't go great. Sometimes it does not. Sometimes it does. I'm trying to think of anybody who else... Went from being really goofy all the time to being, I guess like yeah. SNL cast members are sometimes. Yeah, that's always surprising too because you see them on a really silly show, a show I love. Yeah. Uh, but then if they end up doing, oh, like, oh, Adam Sandler had one great, uh, great like foray into that world, which is Punch Drunk Love. Oh, I was like, what? I, was I like, know. What yeah, are you, where are you going with you this? You say You're his wrong. name, yeah, yeah, but it's true. Punch yeah. Drunk Love was so good, and I was the most unlikely transition for Adam Sandler, who just basically goes, "Hey, yo, Baba Yahoo!" Like that, that is so good. <laughs> what? I feel like I feel How like I've never heard that. I feel like anyone could do that. Uh, <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, I bet you can. We'll talk about it. Right. Um, goes from just making noises, like that's why yeah. he was famous for. To doing a really impressive film with Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, and he didn't do anything like that since, unfortunately. Right. But I was like, oh my gosh, what's this guy going to do? And who would have thought? That's fascinating. You could say that Melissa McCarthy is the Adam Sandler of a new generation. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) She's always been smarter than him. God bless him. That is cue to end the podcast. (laughs) All right. uh, The movie is Can You Ever Forgive Me, starring Melissa McCarthy. 
Uh, you should see it. I think I so. I hope it is up for a couple Oscars. I think it's going to get talked about. I think it's pretty impressive. If it doesn't, okay. Yeah, because Oscars, whatever. Yeah, whatever, man. What are we talking about next week? Um, a movie or several movies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, announcement that we have this Friday yeah. at the Riverside Theater. This is crazy. We are moderating a conversation with Napoleon Dynamite and crew, and it's a screening of Napoleon Dynamite. And then mm-hmm. it's a conversation with a couple cast members. Yeah, they have the three main cast members. They have John Hader, who plays Napoleon Dynamite, yep. Pedro himself, Efren Ramirez, and Deb, Tina Majorino. And we are moderating the conversation, so come on down. It is on Friday at the Riverside Theater. We'll put uh, a link to tickets in the podcast. You can find that at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcast. You want us to listen to it anywhere podcasts. You want to roll through it? Yeah, we get support from License Lab, where we get sonic inspiration. That's good. Is that right? That's right. That's one of them. Uh, we also... It's produced by... It's produced by Tyrone Miller. I love that guy. I like that guy. And what else should we tell them? Our theme song. Our theme song. Our theme song for Cenobuds is written and performed by none other than the Nusk. The Nusk. And his Brett actual Nusk. name is Brett Nusk. Brett Nusk. <laughs> but he's popularized by the phrase the Nusk. And we also get support from Associated Bank. Associated Bank, thank you for your support. And your membership, be it either from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee or Milwaukee Film or both. All mem- most memberships are great. You can I listen say to all us. Memberships are great because I'm sure there's some that are bad. Yeah, not ours. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere that you find podcasts. Uh, search Cinebuds. You probably already done that if you're listening to this. And thank you for listening all the way to the end. This is the end, and we appreciate it. Bye 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 bye.